a new year. And the media always like to trot out the best of award shows and retrospective looks back. Okay, we're players. We'll play too. For the next hour, from the press box to press row, we'll be looking back at some of the highlights of our short time on the air. And because he's sitting behind the good mic in a custom-fit blazer, here's your host, Donald Ware. He want the scoop. She want the tea. She want the tea. I cannot speak. We keeping it street. Hope you had a very Merry Christmas and are having a happy holiday season. And in advance, Happy New Year to you. It's our 2023 year-end review show. I am your host, Donald Ware, and we're going to take a look at the month or listen back at the month of September through December and some of our most memorable conversations during those months. We've got a lot of thank yous. We always, as we do each and every year, we always thank our affiliates that carry the program each and every year. Look, I, I had a really good Christmas. I must must say, spent time uh, with family. We, you know, uh, uh, cooked right. Like I, I'm, you know, each and every year I do collard greens. I do collard greens each and every year. I go to the farmers market each year, pick out the freshest collard collard. Or excuse me, mustard. The freshest mustard greens uh, on Christmas morning. Cleaned them right. Got the whole ham hot going, the, you know, the grease from, you know, several weeks from, you know, whether it was sausage or bacon or whatever the case may be. And, and, and you know, got the only the best of the greens going into the pot, getting them cooked, adding some water when needed. And tell you what, they came out really, really good. We had a feast, um, as a matter of fact. And we, we watched a lot of football, as a matter of fact, not only on Monday, because it, it was one of those days where you it, it, in years past, generally speaking, on Christmas, it's all about the NBA. But this year it was about the National Football League as well. Watched a couple of those games. As a matter of fact, was back and forth on almost every game until I, I didn't watch much of the Miami game. And then forget about the uh, the Dallas game like I was I was well asleep by that time. But. You know, enjoy enjoyed the Monday night game. Boy, I tell you what, the Ravens are the real deal. I just wonder about the Ravens. This is what I wonder about the Ravens. Yes, they won that big game, but I mean, we've seen the Ravens do really, really well in past seasons and not been able not be able to finish the deal. As a matter of fact, during Lamar Jackson's tenure, we can argue whether Lamar Jackson is the MVP, I know a lot of people base it upon numbers. The numbers may not indicate, but I think if you look at the the totality of the National Football League and what other, I mean, look, if you, if you want to look at, I mean, I think the only, and, and look, we can look at Brock Purdy. You can look at, you know, Christian McCaffrey. Um, you can look at Tyreek Hill. I mean, though, though I think all of them are in the running, but I mean, if the, I think if you look at Purdy now, you're talking about what, four interceptions? I think that with two, now there are two games remaining, one of which which are against the lowly my lowly commanders, where you can you know sort of boost the numbers. I mean I, I you know I think when you're talking about the MVP and, and again when I think of pro sports I'm not necessarily about the numbers, but I think when you're talking about an MVP 
race. You, you've got to look at the numbers. And yes, Lamar numbers, Lamar Jackson's numbers aren't spectacular. But I mean, what a season the Ravens are having. Currently the best team in the National Football League. I, I just want to see what the Ravens are going to do, however, moving forward and in the playoffs. So that was a great game to watch. The You know, flipping between the NFL and NBA on Christmas. All I wanted for Christmas, let me tell you, all I wanted for Christmas was some functionality for the Washington Commanders. I did not get the gift that I wanted. Not only did the command, and it's fine. Look, if you're a Commanders fan, I think in a way, the, the Jets game is probably exactly what you want. You want a game in which the team fights, it comes back, but ultimately loses. And let me tell you this, I'm not preaching losing. I want to be clear. Right. I'm not preaching losing. I never believed in losing. I want to win. I think when you're talking about pro sports at the highest level to the point that I've always made, I could care less about the numbers and more about the W's. That's sad. Right. Like the franchise is in such disarray. Okay, that I mean, think about it. Even if you looked at the Jets game. okay, you get down, what, 21 to nothing. Then it was 28 to seven and. The commanders come all the way back. No, 27 to 7. Come all the way back. Take a one-point lead, okay? And then let me tell you where the commander, because a lot of people aren't talking about this. This is where the the commanders fumbled the ball, and this is the kind of season it's been all year. You've got a third and 12 inside of two minutes, and the Jets have two timeouts remaining. You could run a safe play. You could run the ball, run a safe play, a little pass, you know, allow for them to use one of their timeouts. But look, they're still going to get the ball back with good field position with about a minute 40 with one timeout only needing a field goal to win the game. So what's the point in not trying to go for the third down? You're, you, you said you were trying to win. Why not try to win the game? That was one thing. Okay, you they throw a little dinky pass on third down, well short of the first down. Jets call timeout, still one remaining punt, get the ball around the 30 with one timeout with about a minute 40 remaining, plenty of time. The other thing is the quarterback was uncomfortable all day when you put pressure on him, right? So what do the commanders do in the last two minutes? They don't put pressure on the quarterback, allow him to sit in the pocket, moves down the field, they get the 50-some-yard field goal with no time on the clock. It is a disaster in Washington. All I wanted was some functionality, and I did not get my Christmas wish, unfortunately, as it relates to the commanders. Look, you've got a lot of things going on in the National Football League. Russell Wilson benched. Russell Wilson benched for the last two games with the Broncos still in the running. Um, you know, th- look, th- this is a this is a definitely a move where – you know, Sean Payton, he doesn't like Russell Wilson. Like, I've seen clips more recently with him yelling at Russell Wilson on multiple occasions. You never in this day and age see that where a head coach yells at the quarterback in the National Football League. You don't see that. Okay? So, a lot going on there in the National Football League. Look, I want to step aside and take a break and come back. We've got a lot to talk about. Look, the Florida State is suing the ACC the conference that it's a member of. I've got some thoughts on that. 
plus our 2023 year in review show as Botch to Row rolls on. Do you feel like the cost of car ownership has gotten out of control? Take charge by refinancing your auto loan today. One call to Rate Genius can save drivers an average of $1,200 per year. The loan specialists at Rate Genius have helped people for more than 20 years replace high interest auto loans, lower their payments, and spend less in interest. Rate Genius works with over 150 lenders to find you the most competitive terms. Customers lower their rate an average of three percentage points. That's huge savings. It's absolutely free to apply for refinancing through Rate Genius, and when you refinance your auto loan, you won't owe a payment for 45 days. Make the five-minute no-obligation call today and get on your way toward affordable car ownership. Call 800-958-0341. 800-958-0341. That's 800-958-0341. Rate of payment values are calculated by using the average savings for customers from January 1st, 2022 through December 31st, 2022. Not all applicants qualify for a loan or rate savings. Actual offer terms, including APR, are determined at the time of your application based on credit worthiness. Value of the field loan term and other you're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row. Box to Box to Box to Box to Welcome back to Box to Row. 2023 year end review show. I'm your host, Donald Ware. In the next couple of segments, we're going to get take a listen back to some of our memorable conversations from 2023. I want to talk about the Florida State situation, which was, uh, look, I was, I must say I was, I mean, I don't know, I don't, I don't guess I could be very surprised because Florida State had been talking about trying to get out of the conference for quite some time now. Maybe what put them over the top was getting left out of the college football playoff. You know, look, the Florida State is suing the ACC in which it is a member of. As a matter of fact, Florida State has been a member of the ACC since 1992. So it goes back a good long ways. And listen, I'm not going to be I'm not going to be an apologist of the ACC in any regard. But right is right. I, I go, you know, again, a couple of weeks ago, I looked back, talked extensively about Florida State being left out of the college football playoff. And I still think to this day, I, I still stand behind what I said. I don't, listen, if your main argument, just to kind of reiterate, not to go into it in depth, but to reiterate, if your argument for not allowing Florida State to be in the college football playoff, if your main argument is that moving forward, this, the, the, the starting quarterback is out. You've got personnel issues, okay, even though it's a great defense, and now we know that some players, some key players, have gone into the transfer portal, as some key players may not have, if Florida State was playing for the national championship. But if that's your argument for keeping a team out of the college football playoff, then I'm not for it. And, and so I, I'm, I'm sympathetic to, college, to uh, Florida State in that respect. But this is why I'm not a huge, like I'll take college football for what it is. Please college football. Stop trying to be professional football. Stop trying to be the national football league because college football is not. And that's how it's acting. You've got Florida state being left out of the playoff turns right around and sues the ACC on the premise 
of one of the premises anyway of that the ACC has been incompetent. Okay. Well, because in the statement, okay, by Florida State, when you're talking about the athletics director, I think it may, it may have been president in the in the in the board of directors, um, the chair of the board of directors. Um, look, it's it, in essence they're they're saying that it's the ACC's fault that Florida State did not end up in the college football playoff. The only thing that the ACC is at fault at is not being a strong enough conference to have to, in some people's minds to have warranted being part of the um, college football playoff. Look, I look at the ACC. It's it, it, when, at least when you had the, the power five, which is no longer the power five, it was the lower tier in terms of, of, uh, of, of, of college football in terms of competition, if you will, out of all of the Power Five conferences. It was the lowest. Clemson would get in because of reputation each and every year. Look at the year that Clemson ended up getting tripped up by uh, Syracuse and still ended up making the college football playoff. That's reputation. Syracuse has not been so good uh, lately in the last couple of years, and thus the ACC has been down. When Miami, Florida State, Clemson are not good. The ACC is not going to be down. But the, the, the problem this year is that Florida State was good. Okay, the Florida State was good. Um, look, I look at the history of, I think back to the history, and I remember when Florida State joined the conference in 1992. It, is won, it, it won no national championships before joining the ACC in 1992. It became relevant. It was a dominant. Matter of fact, it, it it was many years where Florida State didn't even lose a game in the ACC, and despite and but but in despite being that the ACC wasn't very strong in football, uh, Florida Florida State was always in the conversation when it came to national championships, and I'm talking about in the BCS era, um, even winning the last BCS in 2013. Florida State was also part of the very first college football playoff in 2014, okay? Florida State has always had a great reputation. Florida State signed when the ACC re-upped. It it had its media rights package with ESPN. It was a long-term deal, I think, that lasts well into the 2030s. In 2016, Florida State signed this, signed on to be, a continued part of the ACC and share in these revenues. Okay. Little did Florida and, 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 and look, Florida state needs to do a self-assessment and say, why didn't we think that college football would be different in seven years now, 2023, but even when it signed the conference uh, contract in 2016, college football became what we know as college football is now maybe a couple of years ago, transfer portal, NIL, massive deals, SEC network, Big Ten network. So to me, that's that's Florida State's problem for not foreseeing how big college football was going to be and that, you know, Florida State's living off reputation, okay? Look, Miami thought 
that joining the ACC was going to be better for its basketball program. Uh, Boston College thought the same thing. Virginia Tech thought the same thing. Uh, but it would help then to uh, supposedly or hopefully help to elevate the football when, in fact, that has been the exact opposite. Boston College was an 8-3 and three program perennially in the Big East before it joined the ACC. Boston College now at the bottom of the ACC. Miami was a contender, okay, in football prior to joining the ACC. Yes, this year Miami was like top dog and seemed like it was going to be on its way back. Fell to, I think it was, was it? No, Georgia Tech. Fell to Georgia Tech. And it went downhill from there, right? So, look, the ACC not very strong in football at all. Florida State didn't have the foresight. And now it's going to use antitrust laws to try to get out of this deal, okay? Um, look, uh, all the things that I said about Florida State and the football program going back a couple of weeks ago in terms of not making the college football playoff, I stand behind. But in that same realm, okay, if you're Florida State, it is an embarrassment, I think, in a lot of respects, um, to college football for a member institution to now sue. Uh, listen, you've got it out. If you're, if you're Florida State, just like any member of any conference, it's about business. You have an out. And the out, I think the out is like 500, in excess of $500 million or something. Then I, I read where a lawyer or the, maybe the lawyer or a lawyer representing Florida State says that the contract is not valid. Like, what are we talking? What kind of society are we living in when we can sign contracts and then turn around and say that the contract is not valid? It's a mess. It is why college athletics and specifically college football is the way that it is because it's all about the money and it is absolutely disgusting. Share your thoughts with me on Twitter or X as it were at dware one We'll be back. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. I'm excited I get to play for them. They support us in everything we do. You know, it's a joy to, you know, go to work and, and know that you're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to cheer for you as loud as they can no matter who you're playing. Michael B. Jordan. And, and I, I think it's a testament to, you know, what HBCUs mean to people. You know, and, 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 and having that community and culture and shining a light on the universities, you know what I'm saying, in a real way and creating a pipeline from these kids in high school and making them feel good about wanting to land at HBCU. We have high, you know, high, high talent. Um, and often it's gone and shipped out to other places. It's never poured back into the community. So if we can create an environment that's cool and a beacon of light and people want to feel like they want to be here. And so putting it on a national stage is really big. You know, most of the time these kids don't get televised games. You know what I'm saying? So be able to put them on Turner in a real way was really, really important. Um, and, and, and then the brands and then the sponsors, you know what I'm saying? And getting, you know, the NBA, you know, scouts and looks to come in and hopefully like build this thing bigger. The one and only Stephen A. Smith. It's my sincere hope that when my ride ends, I'll get a big hug and a big thank you for what I tried to do for other people when I was at the top. Because that's all you have to lean on at the end of the day, bro. I mean, I, I plan on being successful for years to come, but it ain't gonna last forever. And, you know, when my day comes, when, when it's the end of the road and it's time for somebody else to be in my seat, in my chair, you know, it's my hope that whoever though that person or those people are, people that knew I cared about them and believed in them 
to help them get to this place. Hey, Spike Lee. Thank you. I haven't heard that. I mean, I've been on rails all over the nation. Thank you for that question. I'm a third generation Morehouse man. I was taught to speak your truth and that there's very special about being a Morehouse man the same way you feel about your school. The same way we feel all about our respective historic black colleges. That would have been my first choice anyway. And I'm proud to be a Morehouse man. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused. Just really, you know, excited. That is the voice of Steph Curry. Your progress from Davidson to now with Golden State. Where I've come from in high school into a small D1 college at Davidson. Uh, it's a great story and uh, I'm just having fun you know, living my dream and riding the ride. The one and only Michael Strahan. Always good to talk to you. Hopefully next time it won't be, what, 14 years you get to <laughs> Man, you know what is good and, and, and uh, you're encouraging people to be better and do better and, and that's what I love, man. So thank you. I appreciate you. As we're joined by the one and only Jerry Rice. What do you remember most about those days at Mississippi Valley State? What is going on at Mississippi Valley State University? <laughs> Why are these guys putting up unbelievable numbers? And that brought awareness to the school and after that, I got drafted to the San Francisco 49ers. Dave Roberts, manager of the LA Dodgers, to be person of color and be the manager of the Dodgers. What does that mean to you? I think the first thing that comes to me is responsibility. With recency and kind of the social, the racial issues that we're having that really come to light, which is I believe are good things. I think that it's a responsibility for me to be the first manager of color for the Dodgers. There's not many of us in baseball. To do things the right way, to hopefully give other people of color opportunity. Hopefully it just paves the way. So I think that for me I, I definitely look at it as responsibility, but something I'm willing to Take. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, man, thank you for having me play in a real way. I mean, I'm so honest. The UFU Football League has done so many wonders. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have grown in Division One. NBA All-Star Chris Paul. That was great to bring it back to Winston-Salem State University, a uh, black college. Something that my city had never seen before, may never see again, and just having a up close and personal feeling with LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Melodes. It was exciting. I'm grateful for those guys coming out. Kyrie Irving. Playing at Duke for Coach K. What was that like and how that prepared you for the league now? Playing 11 games, you know, a lot of people think that's not a you know, big package for you to become a better player, but for me it was. Playing for Coach K, he gave me the keys to, to the car and I was driving it in first eight games and you know, being a part of something special like that and having a brotherhood built at an institution such as that one is an experience that you never forget. Ice Cube has been our guest. Hey man, thanks for letting me talk a little music movies and sports hey my favorite three topics hey y'all it is the est of wwe the strongest the fastest the roughest the toughest the quickest the greatest the best on box to row from the press box to press row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of hbcu sports with a flair for pro sports talk and entertainment check the show out online at box that's from the press box to press row real relevant radio Welcome back to our year-end review show. I'm your host, Donald Ware. We're going to jump to the month of September. Our first celebrity guest picker of the season, Sean Dominic, who plays the role of Nate Hastings, had a chance to catch up with him. He's also a Delaware State alum, but wanted to get his picks on a couple of HBCU games, FBS games, and National Football League games. I haven't been paying attention lately, but uh, I'm going to go strong with Delaware State. <laughs> That's the right answer. 
you know, I got to go strong with Delaware State. Yeah, no, that's that's the right answer. All right, so we got Hampton versus Howard in Washington, D.C. You're familiar with, uh, at least with both schools. Uh, the real battle of the real H.U., who you got? I had some good times at Hampton. Um, but the NDC. I'm going to say Howard. Okay. All I'm right. going to say Howard. All right. Going with the Bison. They, you know, officially claimed a share of the MEAC title last year, yeah. although North Carolina Central would dispute that since the Eagles beat, <laughs> the, Eagles beat the Bison head to head. But anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> a couple of FBS games. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, but a couple of FBS games, SEC matchup, Tennessee at Florida. I used to be a, a, a quiet Florida fan right. for a little bit. Um, I, I, I couldn't like, be honest, I, I haven't been keeping up with um, all the players and, 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 and what's been going on lately. So right now I'm going off the strength of my fandom. Okay. Right. That's good. <laughs> and, and ho hopefully that works. Yeah. <laughs> good enough. Last game in the FBS Northwestern at Duke. Now this is a battle of two schools. When you talk about you're talking academics uh, a yeah. lot, uh, but boy, Duke had a big win over over Clemson going back um, to last week. So who do you have in this? Yeah, game? Duke had a big win. Sometimes off that big win, you falter a little bit. I'm gonna go Northwestern. All right. Okay. All I'm right. Go Northwestern. All right. Very good. Got Northwestern in that one. All right. Let's talk some National Football League. Ravens at Bengals. That's an AFC a North one. battle. That's a tough one right there, man. <laughs> That's a tough one. Is uh uh Bengals quarterback? He's good, right? Oh yeah, Burrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good, right? He just had a, he just had a little sprain. Yeah, it wasn't um it was yeah, it wasn't it wasn't season in no, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. That correct. You're correct. That is And I, even though my heart wants to go Ravens, I think Bengals might have that one. Okay. I think Bengals might have that one. Yeah. All right. And then the last one, uh, uh, Jets at Cowboys. Jets at Cowboys. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers with the Jets now. We're always talking about the Cowboys. I'm, I'm, of course, I'm a, I'm a Commanders. I'm a Washington Commanders fan. Every, you know, all across the country, because it's America's team, we're always talking about the Cowboys, and they seem to always come up short. But the fact yeah. of the matter is they got a good football team. I was a Washington fan for a long time because that's where I first started watching football when we lived in Maryland. But I'm like, man, but, you know, military brat, you know, I got that little thing where I can like leave and go somewhere. They keep losing, man. This is, this is heartbreaking. <laughs> it was heartbreaking because I, when I lived in New York, I was fascinated by the New York Knicks fans. I mean, dude, they've been losing since I can remember. <laughs> and they still sell out the Madison Square Garden easily. I'm just, I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated. Um, so Jets at Cowboys. Um uh, I don't remember if if uh, uh what's his name has any um uh does does A Rod uh, uh, A Rod does Aaron Rodgers have uh 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 uh, uh, receivers. Yeah, he's see? got. Oh, he's got. He's got. He's got one of the best young receivers. He brought. He brought Lazard over for, from Green Bay. Um, they got a good running game. Did they? Did they? I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, let's go. I, I know. Uh, let's go Jets. Let's go Jets. Right. Sean Dominic was a good sport about being 
our celebrity guest picker, he only he was one in five in those picks sticking with the month of September had a chance prior to the season actually to catch up with Chargers wide receiver Keenan Allen and talk with him about a number of things, including now being in a new offensive system under offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. Uh, I think the the rules are a lot more friendly, um, especially to the players. You know, we have choices where we can um, do do certain things on on certain routes, and um, it just lets you play for, uh, much freer. Keenan Allen, wide receiver for the L.A. Chargers, he joins us here on the program. You've caught balls from Justin Herbert since his um, rookie season. Um, speak to how he's been able to progress and uh, what you've seen uh, so far from him uh, in camp. Yeah, I think he did a great job of, um, you know, obviously progressing, like you said, um, just getting better. He's more comfortable now. Um, you know, he's able to see the defenses. Uh, he's changing plays at the line of scrimmage. Um, his accuracy has, has gotten much better. And, um, you know, I think he's a guy who's just, you know, ready to keep building his game and uh, take it to the next level. And, and you're right. I mean, he's a guy that's going to keep building. But now you played for another – you played with, I should say, another really, really good quarterback in in uh, in Phillip Rivers. Um, are, speak to, you know, catching balls from Phillip Rivers, who uh, – one of the best to ever do it in Chargers history. Yeah, Phil was a guy who was um, – he was a coach on the field. You know, he knew the ins and outs. Um, he knew everything about the defense. Um, you know, he put guys in position. Um, offensively, um, you know, told running backs who they had to block. Um, you know, you name it, Phil. Phil was doing it on the field. So, um, you know, he's he's probably one of the smartest guys I've ever played with. Um, great guy off the field as well, too. Uh, you know, we still keep in touch. We still talk uh, here and there. And, um, you know, he's a great guy. How do you – I mean, not trying to compare the two, but but how do, do you see similarities, I should say, uh, between Justin and Phillip? I wouldn't say similarities. Um, you know, they're both special in their own way. Uh, like I said, Phil was a coach on the field, so there wasn't a lot of things you can fool Phil with. Um, you know, he's going to see it, and he's going to know what to do. Uh, with Justin, he's probably the most talented quarterback I've played with, so, you know, there's not a throw that he can't make. Um, he's a, he's able to do things with his feet. Um, he's a big guy, you know, and the sky's the limit for his potential. Chargers wide receiver Keenan Allen joining us, uh, as a matter of fact, right prior to the start of the season, and he's a guy that's from right up the road in from Greensboro, North Carolina. As of week 14 in the National Football League, leading the National Football League in receptions with 108, which is a career high for him. But unfortunately, Justin Herbert is out for the season with a broken finger. Now, sticking with the month of September and the National Football League, Marquise Bell has had a really, really good season for the Dallas Cowboys at safety. He's a starter. He's a Florida A&M guy, right? Of course, and we had a chance to talk with Marquise Bell back in September about his time at Florida A&M. So I just remember the workouts, the practices with my, uh, with my teammates, you know, the locker room talk. Just, you know, being around those guys, that's that's really what you remember from college. Like, the moments that you had with your teammates and, you know, winning the the classic my last season, 
you know, just all those memories. Some one thing I've I've kind of harped on myself, Marquise, the last couple of years of the lack of HBCU players drafted, not making teams, but drafted into the National Football League. Because when you get drafted, it's you know it's guaranteed. Uh, money, you're you're where you are now. I, I get it, and things are going well. But were you disappointed not to have been drafted last year? Uh, I feel like anybody would be disappointed not get drafted. But uh, in my mind, I said as long as I get a shot, chance to be on the team to show my abilities and show what I can do, I'm, I'll be forever grateful. And I didn't get drafted, but right after the draft, they called me and said they wanted me to come in. I'm I'm all I was all for it. And I got here. They gave me an opportunity. They gave me multiple opportunities. So that's all. That's all you can ask for. Because no matter if you get drafted or not, you, you're not guaranteed to be there if you can't perform. Dallas Cowboys and former Florida A&M safety Marquise Bell sticking with the National Football League and the month of September had a chance to catch up with Alex Highsmith of the Pittsburgh Steelers and talk with him boy he had a great opening night game as the Steelers got the victory over the Browns yeah I think just the main thing I was just happy with was just coming out of there with the victory you know being able to bounce back from week one we know we didn't play like we what we wanted to week one and so really had to bounce back and have a good game week two and it being an AFC North opponent as well you know Cleveland is one of our rivals so we had to come out and make a statement and have a good game and so I just want to do whatever I could to just put my team in the best position to win. And so uh, we were able to get, get the victory coming out of that game and then being able to build on that with the Raiders' victory as well. But, you know, it was definitely a, a fun night in, uh, at Acrisure Stadium for sure. Also had a chance to ask Alex about his faith. Absolutely. And this, that's another thing that Shaw brought me as well, getting involved with FCA and uh, you know, giving my life to Christ when I was in college was really, you know, where, where God, God changed my life. And so now being able to use this platform to glorify him is something that, um, you know, I believe that God is blessing with this platform to be a blessing to others. And so that's why I do it, to, to bring him glory. And so just being able to have that foundation in college, set in college, now coming to the NFL, um, so many, you know, different things, so many different voices, you know, that come your way and stuff like that. But knowing that I have a, um, a firm foundation in Christ, you know, it's uh, really helped ground me in times of, you know, because, you know, the game's not always um, going to go good. You know, we're always going to always going to have a great game, always going to have, you know, we're not going to win every game, but um, just knowing that, you know, I have that foundation in crisis is something that's always really um, helped me up. Steelers linebacker Alex Highsmith talking about his faith. He's having a solid season. His numbers are on par, not the sacks per se, but in terms of the tackles on par in terms of what he did on last season as the Steelers try and continue to figure it out and get that winning record and a playoff berth. Let's move to the month of October. Charles Huff, the head football coach at Marshall, joined us on the program. He's only the second HBCU alum to be the head coach of an FBS program. In addition to that, I talk with him about being a black coach, head coach, at the FBS level. As a black coach, if Deion Sanders has success, it may bode well for other uh, black coaches. I would say maybe the success you're having would, in fact, lead to uh, success for other for other black head coaches to get uh, opportunities. As unfortunate as that is, um, do do you feel you know? I don't know. Maybe a, a sense of. Um, of um, I don't want to say responsibility, but do you kind of do you kind of feel what I'm saying? Well, what are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, I think, um, you know, anytime you get an opportunity to pave a way for anybody, um, I think that's your, your responsibility. I think it's your responsibility to leave any situation better than, you know, it was when you got there. I think it's your responsibility to, just like our parents and ancestors and people that came before me, Tyrone Willingham, Dennis Green, um, all of those guys, Art Shell, you know, in the NFL, all of those guys made it easier for me to sit in the chair that I'm sitting in. Um, and I think it's my job to make it easier for, you know, someone growing up, you know, it's four or five years old that wants to be a, a head coach. Um, it's my job to make it easier. Um, I don't think it's necessarily my job to force the hand of a you know a school or a company or whatever to hire someone, but I think it's my job to do the best that I can so that someone may say, hey, this guy reminds me of Charles Huff. doesn't matter what color he is. He has some of the same traits. You know, I think we, we follow um, the greats in our, in our history and our tradition um, and everything, right? You know, this guy reminds me of Kobe Bryant. This guy reminds me of Michael Jordan. This guy reminds me of Larry Bird, whatever it may be. But it's because of the traits and the characteristics that people show on a daily basis. And I think that's my responsibility to show those traits and characteristics on a daily basis so that the way can be paved and I can, you know, pass down what was passed down to me from some of those guys. Marshall head football coach Charles Huff. More of our year-end review show is on the way. BoxToRow.com is the website for all of your HBCU sports needs. From the Game of the Week feature to interviews to the latest news in the world of HBCU sports. BoxToRow.com has you covered. Missed a week of From the Press Box to Press Row? BoxToRow.com has all the archive shows. Don't forget to check out the All-American teams and weekly media coaches polls. From the Press Box to Press Row. And BoxToRow.com, your HBCU sports leader. All right, enough selling stuff already. Let's talk more sports as we bring you the very best of From the Press Box to Press Row. Here's your host, Donald Ware. Taking a listen back at some of the great conversations we had back in 2023. We're still in the month of October. Had the one and only Michael Bivens as a guest on the program of New Edition and BBD fame. And we had a chance to talk uh, a little sports, including about his Boston Celtics. Well, you know, the good thing about it is you're not going to know until the season starts. You know, a lot of people got all these expectations. You, you, you know, you got the sports analysts. I just think Boston still needs a big man. That's just it to me. I mean, I, I see the trade that just happened, but I still think we need a big man and a shooter, pure shooter. Larry Bird shooter, Ray Allen shooter. And then I then I think we could really talk about having a um a season where we just run through the east and make our way to the west. What do you what do you think about I mean I know he's not a pure shooter but uh Porzingis brings a lot to the table. What do you think about that addition? I think he's a power forward. I don't think he's a center. He just he's like the Kevin McHale. He's just tall, lanky, just down the third. I think we still need the middle. When we gave up Robin Williams, we gave up the centerpiece. You know, when we win, we got Paris. When we win, we got Garnett. We don't have that. You know, Porzingis and um, and um, Horford to me are both fours. Neither one of them are legitimate five. Yeah, Not for the fives that are in the league. I mean, look what Phoenix did. Didn't they get rid of Anton? 
So you see what they were thinking, and he's a big boy. Right. I heard he got out of there. So, you know, it, it's important to have that middle, man. That middle is everything. That's the anchor of the, of the defense. Yeah, so I like what you're saying because basically, I mean, you 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 uh, are not just a fan of say, oh, it's all of you know the Celtics are going to win. So who do you who do you think comes out of the East then, and and then out of the West for that matter? Um, I I don't know. I, I I'm waiting to see how Sacramento keeps developing, what they um what they're going to do to um get where they got to go, you know, and um you know you can never count out the Lakers, you know. LeBron is smart, and, um, you know, Memphis had a thing going on. Tajah got into his thing, and, you know, you, you don't know. You know, and we don't we don't know what's going to happen in Dallas in that backcourt. I mean, if they figure it out, that could be a problem. You know what I mean? So it's 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 a lot of teams. And, and out of the East, I, I don't know, man. I got to watch. Yeah, I'm just not one of those pickers, man. I'm one of them steers. Because, you know, somebody may be coming off of an injury. Someone may be coming to the team. The chemistry is not right. So I, li- I like to watch, man. And I don't just watch the favorites. I watch the East. I want to see what Cleveland doing. I want to see what Milwaukee about to do. I want to see how Miami bounce back. You know, shoot. Let's see what Toronto do. Let's just get into it. You see if Brooklyn is holding my attention. Teams that you wouldn't think of. The Chicago, this, that, and the third. So I'm, I'm just an open book player. That's the type of ball player I am. Let me see and then ask me. Michael Bivens talking some NBA when he joined us back in October. Sticking with October, Isaac Keys. He plays the role of Diamond in Power Book 4. Force joined us also in October. Talked about his time as a student athlete. At Morehouse. Uh, I was just talking to my Morehouse mom the other day, and I think what I remember most is that, and I call her Morehouse mom because she was a lady who I met. And one thing about when I went to Morehouse is the registrar's office. That was like the that was like the the area where you cause all the you know you can you can't if you can't get a registrar the long lines and registration <laughs> classes and all that. So you had to find a way to get in there. And I was talking the other day. So my fondest fondest memory is actually how I got to meet all my Morehouse moms who worked in the registrar's office. And I really did it off of just charisma and character. The line was all the way out the door. And I knew the gatekeeper was at the front of the, the of the office. Right. I noticed she drank a Coca-Cola. I literally, I don't know where I got this from at that age. I'm, you know, 19, 18, 19 years old. So I went and got a Coca-Cola. And like the commercial said, it was, it was, it, oh, that was Pepsi, I don't know, but have a smile. <laughs> I came from there with a Coca-Cola and a smile. I said, hey, I thought you might like this. And she looked at me because she was frustrated because that's the most frustrating office to work in. She looked at me and she, first thing she looked at me and she just started and she smiled. And at that point, I knew our relationship started. And at that point, I never had to worry about registration and classes and all those things again. So it taught me how to network. It taught me something about myself, to use charisma, a smile can go a long way. And how when you get to know people and they really love and care for you, how much and how far they will go for you. So that, and to this day, they're all my Morehouse moms, aunties, or you want to call them, like we're still family to this day. And we look forward to going to homecoming in, uh, in October. So Actor Isaac Keys, a Morehouse alum, who also played in the National Football League. Let's move to the month of November, just last month. Really good month. For us here at Box to Row, and we've got a new podcast called the HBCU Collective Podcast, and you can watch on the Box to Row YouTube page. Had a chance to catch up 
with Lions general manager, Brad Holmes, Pistons general manager, Troy Weaver, and ask both of them about their respective HBCU experiences. I'm going to start with you, Troy. You're, you're an H, you're a, uh, of course, a Bowie State um, alum have gotten to this level. You were with the Oklahoma City Thunder, Utah Jazz. Now, of course, running the show there uh, with the Pistons. Can you speak to how your time at Bowie State may have helped to prepare you uh, for your position now with the Detroit Pistons? Yeah, absolutely, Donald. Um, the, the experiences at HB, HBCU are, um, can't be replaced. Um, just the nurturing you get there, uh, the support you get there, um, the camaraderie there on campus uh, with the staff and the students is, is second to none. And, uh, my time there, uh, I was able to grow and uh, continue to work through uh, navigating being a young man. Uh, and it really helped me um, forge uh, into my career and, and be excited um, about who I was, um, which is always a foundation for anyone being strong in who you are and self-confidence. And I uh, definitely received um, a lot of that while I was at Bowie State. No doubt about it. Same thing for you, Brad. Now, I had a chance to see a tiny bit of yours in 99 when I was the SID at ENT. We had a really good football team. You're part of that. Black Hawks National Champions, man. That's right. Mm -hmm. Talk about it, ENT. Yeah, no, um, man, uh, a lot of just the – it's funny. When I was – when I took my visit to ENT, um, I was dead set on not going to ENT because mm -hmm. my dad was there – you know, my mom was an A&T grad. My sister was an A&T grad. And uh, I was like, I'm going to force my own path and go. And then, well, you know, I made the mistake to taking a visit up there and walked around that campus and sat in that cab far too long, man. And I was like, I'm sold. But, you know, they had a good – it was a good football decision, too. They had guys get – I think they had, like, three guys get drafted the year that I came in. And, uh, you know, uh, they, they, they were winning. And it just felt right. But, you know, uh, I always thought that, you know, when you don't have all the top-notch facilities, you really learn to do without. And you just have so much appreciation of the camaraderie, the guys around you, appreciation for the culture. And um, I do think that just starting off, you know, at least in scouting in the NFL, you don't make a lot of money. You know, you got to kind of just grind and, you know, like like we saw all the time, just kind of get it how you live. And uh, and that that was relatively easy for me um, based off of kind of what what I that just came out of uh, at, at A&T. But one of the I played with a guy named Troy Pelchak and um, you probably remember Pelchak. And so when I got to the St. Louis Rams as a PR intern, when I got my shots, um our running bass coach at the time, Wilbur Montgomery, he remembered Pell Shack from his time with the Rams. And so when he found out that I had just got done playing at AT, that's how we strung up a good relationship and started talking football and introduced me to the general manager. So there was multiple ways where, you know, um, you know, the the experience at AT um kind of helped me get the uh, opportunity. And then lastly. Had a chance in November to catch up with Buddy Pugh. 
right before his last football game as head coach of the South Carolina State Bulldogs after 22 seasons at the helm. Eight MEAC championships, four HBCU uh, national championships, accolades for days, uh, all these players that have played in the National Football League. How do you want to be remembered ultimately? Just as a guy who was fair, who did his very best to try to make, you know, every day as exciting and as fun as possible. I never wanted anybody to to not enjoy playing for me. You know, I always wanted to be, you know, remembered as a guy who tried his best to make the game exciting and fun. If at that point, you know, you got to be, you know, a better person, which we really want you trying to be at the end of your career here. We want you to be a better person at the end and a guy who could go back home to wherever he was going to and be a positive influence on everybody around him. It's been an outstanding 2023 and want to thank a lot of those that make this show possible. Our webmaster, Zyrus, for our website, BoxToRow.com. I've got my children are really involved with this. Cohen, Fallon, Skyler, they're very involved with this in terms of some of the social media stuff and just kind of learning uh, the scoreboard, et cetera, on BoxToRow.com. So want to thank them. Uh, my wife, Kim, been an absolute rock as uh, we're now getting ready to enter year 19 uh, with Box to Row Unbelievable. And as we do each and every year, want to thank our tremendous affiliates around the country that carry Box to Row. How about WXVI 1600 in Montgomery, Alabama's been carrying Box to Row, I don't know, 12 years, uh, 12, 13 years now, as a matter of fact. How about Birmingham, Alabama? WSYP began carrying the show uh, at the latter part of this year. In Arkansas, out of Pine Bluff, Arkansas, KUAP-FM. Thank you to those listeners and that radio station for making Box to Row a part of your day. In Washington, D.C., of course, on WHBC, which is the HD3 channel of WHUR. In Florida, our listeners in Jacksonville on Jack Sports Radio, 92.5 FM and XL 1010. In Daytona Beach, Armand Beach, Florida, WELE 1380 has been carrying the program probably going on, I don't know, uh, woo, maybe 16 years or so, and the program is going on 19 years. In Tampa, on WURK, another longtime carrier of the program. has got to be going on 10 years or so. In Albany, Georgia, WASU FM 92.7. Boy, you talk about carrying Box to Row. I remember when we used to do our spring football tours, we would go to HBCU campuses, do Box to Row live from spring football games. We went down to Albany. As a matter of fact, back in 2009, Albany uh, and WSU had been carrying the program since before that time. Also, KTTP 1110 in Alexandria, Louisiana, a longtime carrier of Box to Row. In New Orleans, the People Station, WAMFFM. Thank you for making Box to Row a part of your week. Sports Talk FM 99.3, Rustin, 
Monroe, Louisiana, and KRUSFM, also out of Ruston. Again, thank you for making Box to Row a part of each and every week. Out of Jackson, WJSU FM, been a longtime carrier of the program. Lorman, Mississippi, WPRL FM. How about Ada Baina, Mississippi, Greenwood, Mississippi as well on WVSD FM, another longtime carrier of Box to Row. Out of Memphis, Tennessee, the change, WKRA FM 92.7. In Kansas City, KC, PZ, big shots out to you guys. And I know you're trying to you're doing some really big things there in Kansas City, and we're glad to be a part of the Kansas City market through KCPZ. In Ahoski, North Carolina, WRCS 970 AM. Also carrying the program right here in Raleigh. Buzz Sports Radio out of Durham and Raleigh. In Elizabeth City, North Carolina, which is a it's a big market because it's Elizabeth City. It's northeastern North Carolina. It's all the way down to the outer banks in North Carolina. It's even up into the Tidewater area in Virginia. Big shots out to WRVS-FM, a longtime carrier of Box to Row as well. A new carrier to the program. We're back on in Greensboro and the triad. WWBG-1470. Thank you for making Box to Row a part of your week. Out of Dayton, Ohio, WCSU-FM, Langston, Oklahoma, K-A-L-U-F-M, Portland, Oregon, the numbers, FM 96.7. Another longtime carrier of Box to Row out of Pittsburgh is WGBN. I've got to tell the story. We began with WGBN Super Bowl weekend, the Saturday of Super Bowl weekend in 2008. That was like February the 3rd. It was supposed to be maybe um, a couple of uh, maybe maybe a 13 week deal with WGBN. That 13 week deal with WGBN back in 2008 has come into now an almost 16 year relationship on WGBN. Those listeners and the station, thank you for making Box to Row in Pittsburgh a part of your week. Continuing on out of Holly Hill, South Carolina, WJBS FM 96.1. In Orangeburg, ESPN Orangeburg, uh, in Orangeburg, South Carolina as well. Also out of Nashville, Tennessee, Radio Free Nashville, uh, we've been carrying the program, I think, going on about four years now as well. Big shots out to Austin, Texas. We're going to get down to that South by Southwest um, festival at some day, right? We want to try to do a live show from there. Uh, that South by Southwest is serious, but thank you to our listeners and to the radio station KAZI-FM in Austin, Texas. Out of Richmond, Virginia, Virginia, ESPN Richmond carrying the program each and every week. So you can see we have many, many affiliates around the country that carry Box to Row. We cannot forget, of course, about our online affiliates as well. Bronco Eye Radio carries the program. Big Game Christian Sports Network and also Tobacco Road Sports Radio 
as well. Gotta gotta give a shout out to our satellite radio partners. Of course, when you're talking about the relationship, uh, I, I mentioned uh, WHUR out of Washington, D.C. We've got a great relationship with the Howard University Radio Network, which of course encompasses uh, the HBCU channel, Sirius XM channel 142 encompasses also HUR Voices, Sirius XM channel 141, and as I mentioned, WHBCU, which uh, WHBC, excuse me, WHBC, HBC, which is the HD3 channel of WHUR. We're very appreciative of the now 15 going on 16 year relationship with the Howard University Radio Network. Of course, with Sirius XM and on Sirius XM on College Sports Radio. That's channel 84. And uh, we've got an, a now upcoming three or four year uh, relationship on that channel as well. So we want to thank all of our great affiliates around the country that carry Box to Row. And again, uh, we're looking forward to 2024. We've got some uh, affiliates on the horizon. As a matter of fact, in the early part of 2024. So you want to keep up with that. Of course, you can always keep up with the happenings of Box to Row on the Box to Row Twitter or X page at, of course, Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Give us a follow while you're there. Also on Instagram uh, at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, and on Facebook at From the Press Box to Press Row. So it's been a phenomenal 2023 we appreciate you listening each and every week to the program. Again, don't forget to tell a couple of friends about Box to Row and some of the uh, and just great uh, radio. We think great sports talk radio. We think when it comes to HBCU sports, we think we're giving you the best in terms of HBCU talk each and every week on the program. So you should, of course, tell a friend as well. We'd be remiss if we did not talk about the Box to Row YouTube channel uh, as well, which continues to grow. So we want you to check that out as well. And when you're there, subscribe to it. Also, as a matter of fact, great content, great conversation houses the HBCU uh, Football Daily Podcast. Also houses um, the HBCU Collective Podcast, which we've introduced. And you heard from Troy and Brad. You're going to hear from a bunch of other HBCU um, alums during the course of 2024 on the HBCU Collective Podcast. Go to Box to Row or go to the Box to Row YouTube channel to check that out as a matter of fact. Don't forget also about our project, Radio Boss. Okay, Radio Boss is continuing to grow. It's where we really uh, talk entertainment uh, and sports. But we talk, of course, uh, we, we on this program, Box Row, we talk with entertainers from time to time, as you could tell, of course, uh, with our celebrity guest pickers. And then, you know, the Michael B. Jordans of the world, the Michael Bivens, uh, the list really goes on and on. But also we place a, a concentration on Radio Boss with respect to conversations of celebrities and those uh, from the entertainment world, uh, musicians, actors, etc. And for more information on that, you can log on to that website, radio-boss.com. A beautiful 2023, we think, and we're looking forward to a beautiful 2024. And 
for one last time in 2023. Always remember to support those that support you. Box Toro is produced by DW Communications.